We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Hello and welcome back to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? Amazing as usual. How are you? I'm pretty much the same. Yes, Not too many things to complain about, huh? I know. It's just, you know, <laughs> good times after good times at the moment. I know. It feels, it feels weird that, like, if you think about it, we're on an eight-game winning streak. Which, oh, the R2. Like, yeah, yeah. Which, like it seems relatively small to us now, given how good we are. Yeah. But like I mm. think in 2020, we set our record at one point, which was nine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just nothing to us now. I'm like, yeah, it's standard. I know. It's like, I remember back in the day, it's like two wins in a row. It's like, yes, we're building. But like, if yeah. you think about it, so we, what, we won the grand final in October and we, we only lost what, first week of September. So that's, six months, seven months to go without losing. Um, so that's probably why it feels so like lovely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just we haven't felt that dark, despairing feeling of <laughs> of a loss for a long time. Yeah. And anyone out there who was wondering, no, we are not counting trial matches. <laughs> no, of course they don't even not. exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> they mean nothing as we all know. Exactly. So straight into the news coming out of Pantherland this week. There's been a bit of an incident with Tyrone May. He has been charged by the Queensland. Uh, Tayland. Oh, oh <laughs> so it's nice Tyrone. Oh. I'm so used to it. Yep. <laughs> sorry, Tyrone. This is one thing we can't blame you for. Uh, it was <laughs> Taylan May has been charged by the Queensland police with assault occasioning mm. bodily harm. Uh, mm. The incident occurred in November last year uh, during the mm-hmm. off-season break. Uh, as far as we're aware from the club statement, the club were aware of the incident and the NRL integrity unit were both aware of the incident and they decided that Taylor didn't have a case to answer as far as any punishment from the NRL in terms of missing games or a monetary fine. Uh, what do you make of it all? Like, obviously, um, you know, they've come to that conclusion and, and that's fine. That's what they, that's what they want to do probably odd considering the, the comparison to the Payne Haas incident. I guess that they would not think that Taylor had a case to answer to, but they would think Payne and Albert Kelly would. Um, but in terms of the actual incident itself, I just thought it was really stupid. Like it doesn't seem like it was too malicious um, in the sense that, you know, they were being heckled and then he was thrown to the ground. It wasn't like it was a big punch up or anything like that. But for me, it's just really silly. Like if you can't cop a little bit of heckling, you're going to have a very long career ahead of you. And it kind of reminded me of um, footage of when there was that person heckling Cameron Munster when he was on the pokies um, at the casino. And Munster just didn't do anything. And that's what you have to do. As a football player, when you're in the public eye, you know, you're going to have people heckling you. You're going to have people. I mean, they were talking about 
um, he was filming them without consent. Well, when you're in a public place, you actually don't need consent to film somebody in the first place. And secondly, it's a bit rich for somebody like that. And really the whole team in general who supported Tyrone May so strongly yeah, to exactly. be offended that they were being recorded without consent, like that's a bit rich to me. Um, so if you're going to be that sensitive and that you think it's a good idea to throw someone to the ground because they're doing that, like you need to get that out of your game and get that out of your personality. Otherwise, you're going to have a career littered with these sort of incidents. So, yeah, it kind of is annoying, I think, in a way that everyone's being like, nothing to see here in terms of the club and the NRL because I don't want him now thinking I did the right thing, I can do it again. And I think we saw that with Tyrone a little bit. He was kind of made excuses for and then he had that attitude that resulted in him putting up that terrible post after the grand final. So to me, it's a little frustrating in that sense. Um, at the same time, I was expecting a lot worse when I first saw the, the news break of it. So I guess I was relieved in a sense there as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it at the moment. Yeah, I agree with like, it is quite, um, it seemed like it was a, a situation where like nothing really bad happened. But don't put yourself in that situation. It is so simple. Exactly. If someone is coming yeah. up to you and heckling you, just, you yeah. know, tell them where to go or ignore them, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Like if they that start, simple. if they start, you know, physically trying to harm you in some way, then mm. sure, there are things that you can do, including mm -hmm. defending yourself like that. But from what we understand, he didn't, like the, the idiot that was going up to them who was also in the wrong, like, like, don't get it wrong. He didn't do anything actually wrong to them. And yeah, it is quite ironic that, you know, they now take a stance against uh, recording without consent, given yet yeah, that very same player who is his own brother, who was defended by the club and by the players for so long. And I think you're right about the sort of lack of punishment can probably leads to some level of entitlement about the whole thing. And maybe yeah. that's what we've seen that has led to like another Payne Haas incident and another Albert Kelly incident because they have mm. had plenty in the past before and kind of gotten like slap on the wrist punishments. And yeah. maybe that's why there is a difference in their two punishments because like how many things has Payne had happened to his career so totally. far in yeah. what, like he needs 70 games or something? Pulled in. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. And I, I it was the same as you where I was relieved that that was all that happened when I saw mm. assault because I think we all probably thought at some point like, oh, God, I hope it's not like a sexual assault or a really violent assault, which is just sad when you think about yeah. like, is that how we view these professional Isn't that terrible? athletes? Yeah. The first thing I thought, and I think my first thing my dad asked me was, was it sexual? And that is so disturbing that that's like, the thing we have to check i mean not that physical assault is any better but there's that concern that it's been another incident like that um which is just it's so sad that's what i think your mind initially goes to there's no more benefit of the doubt because of the instances we keep seeing yeah and considering like we could tell sort of from the original breaking news when we didn't have the full story that it was an assault and that it had clearly happened a while ago, given the circumstances of it being in Queensland. And yep. that sort of led to me thinking like, oh God, yeah. Was it like something really bad that has been covered yeah, up? Yeah, totally. Because yeah. that just isn't surprising when stuff like that happens anymore. 
yeah, I completely agree. It's sad that that's what it's come to. Yeah, and like obviously, you know, whoever was doing that to the players is, you know, a questionable bloke himself. But like, guys, just be better. Yeah, grow up. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you won the grand final. Why are you even, you know, and I hated the narrative that came out that was like, oh, he was protecting his teammates. Like, come on. They are grown men. They don't need protecting from some heckler at a nightclub that's got his phone out. That's not something that is, you know, intimidatory to me, to these to these players. So I hated that they ran with that narrative because it was, it was excusing it. And I just think there's like, there's so many ways to, to go about that situation other than what Taylor did. And I think that was my issue with the story that they ran. Um, again, it's kind of just like he did the right thing. And that's not what should be projected at all. Like, you know, fair enough if you decide that there shouldn't, there's no, you know, um, there's nothing warranted in terms of punishment. That's fine, I guess. But the sob story about, oh, he was just protecting his teammates, we don't need that because then it goes too far the other way. It's excusing it. Yeah, and, like, like from what we can tell from the story, like, not sure whether they were just putting Nathan Cleary's name in it because it oh, gets attention yeah. to the article. Yeah, or whether was so it was, weird. Yeah, or whether it was directly Nathan that they were targeting. But even if it is, like, he's a big boy. He just played half can, a season with a stuffed-up shoulder. Like, if he can handle yeah. forwards running at him and attacking that shoulder because everyone knew it was hurt, then he yeah. can handle someone just being rude to him out in public. And, I know, it's and like, just... like, and, and Taylor is now a boxer as well. So I know, that's the dangerous really part. really careful. How, like, yeah. he could cause some serious damage to people. Like, yeah. there's always that risk with, you know, domestic violence issues already with just regular Mm. people but someone Mm -hmm. who is paid to play rugby league and to box like they could seriously hurt someone in an incident like that and And that's why like you're just going to say charges like that can't be taken lightly for that reason because all it takes sometimes is one punch the wrong way that is all it that can literally kill somebody and I know that's probably like you know, we're not saying that Taylor was going to kill somebody here, but I think we can't take assault charges lightly for that reason. Yeah, well, it's like you look at the amount of incidents on a rugby league field where mm. so many of them, it'll happen 10 times and no one will get hurt, but then it'll be something mm-hmm. innocuous that'll hurt someone. And it's like, well, what do you think is going yeah. to happen if you are like physically getting in a fight with someone? Yeah. And I've had I've had issues with Taylor May ever since he... Uh, criticised the club for letting mm-hmm. go of his brother. Like, I've had a mm-hmm. bit of an issue with his attitude since that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, And, like, he's, his performances on the field haven't let us down. Definitely not. He's got he's to redeem himself more as a person to get the fans on his side. And, like, he, yeah. he might not care about that, but, you mm. know, the people who pay money to rock up and cheer him on do care about that. Yeah. And at some and, point, yeah. Yeah. If these players keep acting up, you know, sponsors are going to care about that. And that will yep. truly influence the club. Yep. And I think that was the probably the most disappointing thing to come out of all the grand final stuff last year was the support and the silly comments and stuff like that coming from the other players and stuff, including Taylor. I know it's his brother. I get that 100%. And I feel the same way about Nathan. I know that Tyrone is his best friend, but there are some times you need to keep your mouth publicly shut. And these are one of them. If you want to support him in private, go for your life. I do not care what you choose to do. We can't control that. But you've just got to have a bit of a good head on your shoulders sometimes, a bit of a brain about you 
and just keep that to yourself in situations where it's only going to attract criticism um, from other clubs, other fans and negative publicity to your club. It's all part of the package. And right now we need to be promoting a very good package at Penrith and stuff like that taints it. Yeah, and like like if you if you truly are a very good friend, part of being that friend or brother or whatever is you know helping pull them in line when they've overstepped the mark. Like because that happens yeah. to everyone at times. Like we all act like assholes at times in our lives, and we've all had to tell someone to pull their head in at times. Like yeah, there's like you don't really see too many like black and white, this is a bad person, this is a good person examples in rugby league. Like everyone is flawed, but everyone has their good qualities. Like you look at a lot of the negative headlines that have been around Nelson Asafa Solomona with his stance during the off-season around, you know, getting vaccinated and stuff like that. That had painted him in quite a negative light. But then he did such a lovely gesture on the weekend and it shows that, these players who we see as like the bad guys aren't always bad. And the Mm. players that we see as the good guys aren't always good. Like there's a mix to it. And as mates and brothers and that, you've got to help pull each other in line when the bad is coming up, not just blindly back them. Yeah. That's part of what you do as an older brother. Um, And sometimes, yeah, that just gets a little bit blurred, but you're making each other better people by doing that. Um, but when you're, I guess, surrounded by people that already tell you you're the best person that can ever walk the planet, which is what happens with a lot of these NRL players, um, not all, um, sometimes it's hard to see that there might be improvement, <laughs> you know, available. But there is improvement for every single person on the planet. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just something that the accountability is a bit of a problem. Yeah, and that's just where you go, like, guys, just do a little bit better. That's all we ask. Yeah. Please. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Yeah. Totally agree. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Last Sunday, which is yesterday at the time of recording, uh, the Penrith Panthers beat the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 32-12 to at Combank Stadium to make our record for the season five games played and five wins. Uh, what did you make of the game, Nat? Um, yeah, so I was there. I think you were too, Jack. And yep. sometimes it's like difficult to really get a good grasp of the game while you're there. Um, but um, look, it wasn't my favourite performance. I feel like there were a few uncharacteristic errors from us, which may have prevented it from being a more hefty um, scoreline there. And also the Bulldogs made, I think, 16 errors in one game, which is crazy. And we probably could have capitalised on that a little bit more, but I'm still stoked. Like we won 32-12, amazing. You know, Dylan had the best game ever, which we'll get to later. Um, Targo was great. Eisenhuth was great. Yeo was great. Luai was great. Like, it's great seeing this week, week after week after week. Um, and I remember I was saying to my sister last night, um, remember last year, the time when it kind of, we got a bit crap around origin, that kind of dip until the finals. And yeah. we were, I think we lost two games and the other games were like really hard fought. And I remember thinking, oh, I missed the days where I was disappointed in a big win because it wasn't bigger. And I thought that to myself last night. I thought, no, be happy with this 30, this 20 point win, <laughs> take it. 
and sleep well. <laughs> so that's my stance on the game. What did you think of it? Yeah, that's the thing is like, we don't tend to really try to blow out teams. It seems like, it seems like we have this idea that we just have to play good enough to beat a team. Like a second gear kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And like, I mean, it seems to be working given we've made yep. the last two grand finals, including winning one. Yeah, exactly. Them. And yeah. so it was one where like we were saying, like we'd probably like to see like a massive win, but then it was kind of similar to the same game last year where it was like 20 points and yeah. you go like the players were all good. And I think you're right in that we didn't really capitalize on the Bulldogs errors. I think we were good at targeting weaknesses and forcing errors but then, yeah, yeah, perhaps a bit sloppy in jumping on them. Like we left a few tries. We would make, out yeah, there. Like, yeah, yeah, hanging there. And I felt like we would make um, errors straight after their error, like a number of times. Yeah. <laughs> Which would, and it's quite embarrassing because you like have a good laugh at a bulldog making an error. <laughs> and then you get it and then you make an error and you're like, ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you're like an idiot after that. Um, but yeah, I feel like we kind of shot ourselves in the foot a few times. Um, but look, when we were on, we were on that Targo and Edwards combined try was a thing of beauty, beautiful, oh, yes. great work. Um, so yeah, it was perfectly enjoyable, perfectly enjoyable. Yeah, that try, like it was one where it was almost like Tago didn't have to do too much. Yeah. But the fact that he kept it simple was like the beauty he of just, it. His instinct was excellent. His yeah. instinct has been excellent the whole time, but even like, that's that you see so many times players make the wrong decision when they're kind yeah. of um they're just running and i love the way like a lot of the time especially when they're younger they'll make a break and they almost second guess themselves halfway through and they start looking behind them and looking around them and being like oh my god and you can see them slow down because they're freaking out and targo just had none of that he was just he just ran um and then he noticed someone in front of him he kind of did that little sneaky dummy changed directions and then dylan was right there in support um belting it because <laughs> you have to, to keep up with Tago. Um and it worked out perfectly. So really good instinct from from him there, especially for his age and experience. Yeah, it's like you think about there are so many usually outside backs in the NRL where you go, oh, they physically like they're up to it, but they just got to mm-hmm. work on their decision making or like little technical things like their handling or their passing or whatever. He's already beyond that mm-hmm. level. Totally. Like yeah. you, you think about so many players where you go, oh, they're just a few years away, and that, like maybe it does take them a few years, or maybe they never quite reach it. Like yeah. someone like a Wanga Blake, who I'm, I'm quite mm-hmm. a big fan of Wanga Blake, but mm-hmm. like Tego's already got that sort of that calmness and that correct decision making about him that Wanga Blake mm-hmm. has just never developed. And oh yeah, he's he's like at this point, he's erratic. Yeah, he's an erratic sort of player. Yeah, um, Wanga. It's just very like, yeah, great, but erratic. Whereas, yeah, well, you go like um, physically, he's probably he, better than Tago, but like, yeah, Tago makes the right decisions. Have, yeah, he's um footy smart, Tago yeah. is, and it's like he, yeah, he's just very mature as well for his age. So is so is Helen May. It's quite something, I guess, seeing them work together like that because, yeah, in football sense, it takes a, usually it takes players a long time to reach that kind of level of footy smarts and maturity. And they've kind of already got it and they're trusting each other and they're trusting the rest of the team. And it's just like they've been there for years. Um, so, yeah, look, great to see that on display again yesterday. Um, it's a joy to watch every week. It really is that back line. Something else. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet saying um, 
I haven't seen a left edge as uh, oh, uh, as exciting <laughs> as this edge of Luai, Tago, and May as smooth since the Penrith Panthers 2021 edge of Luai, Burton, and Toto. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, it was so good. The fact that like the two outside backs from that grand final winning team aren't there and like it's just as good. I and think you, you tweeted earlier about how you like, and this is no discredit to Burton because we love him and we're not saying Tago is Burton, but um, I think you tweeted that you haven't missed him and we were yeah. saying the same thing. Like I haven't noticed him not being there. Um, and I said to lot because we were saying, oh, like yesterday I was saying to my sister, um, Oh, Paul, like, like as a joke, like, oh, he should come back home. And then I said, where, where would we put him though? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah. oh God, where would we put him? <laughs> so it's, 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 a, we're in a great position. Yeah. That's the thing is like, he'd almost be a bit wasted because yeah, he would. probably, probably the one thing, like the one spot that is sort of up for grabs in this team at the moment with Toto out is one of the wing spots. And yeah. you just wouldn't play Matt Burton on the wing in first no. grade because he'd be wasted there. Yeah, and no, if, it would not work out. Yeah, and you go like, well, he probably doesn't. Like, he he never would have left the team if he'd stayed. Mm. But mm-hmm. at the moment, you wouldn't replace either Crichton or Tago with him. No. And I like Crichton in centres. I like him a lot better in centres yeah. than on the wing. So if you said to me tomorrow, Burton can come back, at the expense of either Tago or Crichton, I would I would not say yes. No, neither would I. Which is something I never thought I would say. And that's no nothing against Burton. I think Burton's an absolute superstar. I think he's improving every week with the Bulldogs. Um, but I just don't know if he would slot in right now. No. And that's it, it and like we said, it's nothing against Matt Burton. It's just a compliment to the players that are running out there every week. And yeah, it's totally. an interesting thing on Stephen Crichton because I think a slight weakness in Tago's game is maybe some of his defensive reads sometimes are a bit off. Yeah, He's totally. Been yeah. out a few times this year. Happened yesterday. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's made me realise how, like, under the radar, Stephen Crichton has gone as a defensive centre. Like, he is yeah. so good. I'd never noticed it because he's this flashy attacking player. But he makes the right decision so often. I yep. could not believe it. It reminded me of Dean Fade. Mm-hmm. And like I, I never expected that from him. But it's so nice yep. to see. And with this news that Latrell's out injured, I think if he's not back for Origin One, like mm. surely that goes to Stephen Crichton. Oh, I think so. I yeah. think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, he was in the extended squad last year. You know, you've got um, I like Campbell Graham at the, at South. I really do. But um, if you're going to have Brian Toto there, it would make the utmost sense to have Stephen Crichton there as well. The club combination really helped the Blues last year. We it was just it was crazy that everyone got in that first Origin game got to experience what we experience every week with that club. Like they're just so cohesive and seeing that happen in the blue squad as well. I remember everyone was just on Twitter. It's like, what the hell is going on? Like Luai and, and Toa having brilliant games, slotting right in. And it was just so easy. Um, so I don't think you could go past putting Crichton there because that'll just be an extension on that. And I think that club combination would really help um, again. So surely it would be him. 
which yeah, would be amazing. I, but God, imagine how bad we're going to be in that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, it's it's lucky that we're versing the Bulldogs again. Certified L. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Worth yeah. It. Uh, so should we jump straight into our three, two, ones? Yep, let's do it. All right. Who did you give one point to this week? So in our MKFC group chat, I initially said Tago, but then I was it was brought to my attention that he had a few oopsies um, and a few bad defensive reads. So I've actually decided to give it to um, my one will go to Eisenhoof. Nice. <laughs> um, yep. Because actually looking at his stats, like I didn't notice him, to be completely honest. I didn't notice him. But you don't always notice the players having excellent games when they're in the forwards like Isaiah. You don't necessarily notice him every every week. It's the stuff that they're just doing there, setting up for other people to do the flashy things. Um, so, yeah, awesome tackling, great meters from him. Um, set up Mitchell Kenny for that try, which we all loved. Um, without him, that couldn't be possible. So, of course, he needs a point in the deli niches. Um, and, yeah, just he's a bit of a quiet achiever at the moment. He's just going in, doing his job. Um, you don't have to worry about him. And I think last night was one of his best games so far. Yeah, I agree. That's probably his best game since he's been at Penrith. Like he's yeah. clearly come here knowing that his role isn't as a starting front rower and he's not going to be in the 17 every week. But yeah. he just does his job. And you're right in that it was, you could like be forgiven for not really noticing him last night. But sometimes mm. that's just a good sign that a front row is doing their job. Yeah. And like he was very, very solid throughout the game. And mm. how like his try assist for Mitch Kenny was lovely too. It showed a bit of that yeah. lock ability that he has too. So that's good to see. Yeah. Who was your one? Uh, I gave one point to Appy Corusau. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah, I thought he really stood up in this game and he helped sort of exploit the fact that like the Bulldogs, probably their strength is that they got a bit of a big mean forward pack, but yep. you can co- kind of go at that forward pack with a slippery little player like Appy and a smart player, because while they're all, you know, big, it means that they're not exactly the most mobile and, I think a lot of their forwards have a bit of a habit of shooting out of the line, looking for the big hit. And Appy is smart enough and agile enough to take advantage of those situations. And I just felt like last night was a game that was sort of meant for him. And Mm -hmm. I think he's actually quite good at picking his moments in like certain games just aren't built for Appy to really showcase his running game. And Mm -hmm. he's still equally good at just passing off the deck. But last night, yeah, he was good at just being able to run at them pretty much. And mm-hmm. I can't really remember any mistakes that he made at all. And I think that's no, like, like with front rollers, that's a good sign for a hooker. Sometimes you don't even need to notice them. Yep. Completely agree. Um, my two yep. went to Isaiah. I mean, we, we talk about him every week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what is there more to say? Um, he's he's brilliant. Like his ball playing is by far the best in the NRL. Um, it's It makes it so easy for everyone around him to shine. Um, the work he puts in is just ridiculous. It's second to none. You know what you're going to get. Um, again, he's one of these players where I'm like, how did you get 
from where you were to where you are now. Like he's always yeah. been good and he's always been really reliable, but he's not someone that I'd be like, oh, Origin. And now he's in Origin. And he's, you know, he's the best the best look in a comp. Like Cameron Murray's excellent as well, but I would put um, Isaiah just above him for his ball playing. Although I do understand if people were to reverse it because I just think they're both excellent players. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane. We're very blessed to have him. He had another one of his standard fantastic games last night, um, just provided a really good platform for everybody else to kind of do the thing. Takes a lot of pressure off the hooker and the halves and the fullback. Um, you know, he does carry a lot of the team's weight on his shoulders um, without anybody really noticing or paying attention to it. Um, so, yeah, my two points to Isaiah for being himself. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting that he was still so good despite playing the least amount of minutes that he has all year. Like he only played 60 yeah. minutes yesterday. And I was a bit yeah. worried about that, to be honest. Um, like I thought he might have been hurt or something, but I listened to the press conference after and Ivan just said that oh, he's just not feeling very well and he's really? done such a massive job over the first four rounds that he thought, yeah, just give him a rest. Like the game's in pretty good hands at this point. Yeah, it's awesome. so that was. Yeah, it was interesting that he was still able to be so effective given that he was under the weather. And like I yeah. was sitting behind the goal line, like right in front of where Liam Martin got put through that hole. And the yeah. way that he drifted across and mm. like he saw that gap and he saw Martin yep. making that run and he just drifted across the field in front of the try line, mm. in front of the forward pack and just put him through yep. that hole. And it was like watching like Thurston and Gavin Cooper. It's it was something beautiful. else. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't it's, believe um, it. Yeah. Um, it is something else. Uh, so my two points, I went with Isaac Tago. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He was one where, like, I think the number one spot this week was pretty obvious. But yeah. the, <laughs> the two and three, like, there's probably been, like, six or seven players that we could have chosen from. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. which is and, kind of similar to every every week, isn't it now? <laughs> yeah. And, like, Tago, he set up Edwards beautifully for that try. Um, he had one taken off him early in the game. Uh, did he end up getting over the line? No, he didn't end up scoring, but he was still quite effective with that left-hand side of the field. And mm -hmm. he really, really exposed the lack of cohesion between Braden Burns and Brent Naden. And yeah, I thought that yep. was really interesting. And like we saw Tavita was up for the game, but yep. he kind of highlighted why I think he's a better prop than a second rower, the way that he sort of yep. shoots out and leaves his edge exposed. And I thought yep. Isaac Tago was brilliant at spotting that. And if the ball mm -hmm. got to him, there was that space for him to exploit and he was good enough to take care of it. Yeah, and yeah, he's just improving every week. He looks like he's been playing in our role for five years. It's something. It's it's quite crazy. He looks so comfortable. Um, he is yeah very instinctive as we discussed already today. Um, and I can't believe we doubted him after that trial. <laughs> yeah, we were both marking him. <laughs> Look at clowns. <laughs> yeah, no disrespect to any of the um other options in the Penrith team, but. I'm sorry for even considering anyone else for that center spot. I know. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Apologies, Robert Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, so it comes to the three. <laughs> yep. Um, 
Dylan Edwards. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, again, um, yeah, amazing. He was brilliant. Um, I think he finally got three Jolly M points, which is finally yeah. the credit that he's deserved, which is very exciting. Um, he's even like past the, obviously he runs incredible meters. He's dick, he's, he's, oh my God, he's kicked a fusel. <laughs> Sorry for that. Um, his kick diffusal rate is um, amazing. There are a few bombs that, like when you're at the game and you see them and I'm like, oh my God, if that was me, I would just give it to, I would not even attempt it. I would let it, somebody else take it. I'd give it to my winger because they're terrifying. Those Matt Burton bombs, especially they're spiraling down. We saw them, you know, give so many issues to people at fullbacks last year. And this year, you know, we were on the back end of them. And Dylan just swans on in and takes it with not even a sweat. Like it's something else. So the kick diffusal is fantastic. Um, but his defense is something that's really improved on um, in, in the recent years and this year, especially. You're kind of seeing a try saver every game now from him. Um, so, yeah, look, not much more that I have to say than we didn't say last week in our dedicated, you know, Edwards podcast. Um, but another great game from our king. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, no surprise that I have also gone three points to Dylan Edwards. And so lucky for my girlfriend that she has arrived home in time to hear us talk about Dylan Edwards. Oh, <laughs> get to hear it twice. Just for something different. To this. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, was, he was incredible again. I can't believe just how good he's playing. Mm. And you're right, like he's like such an incredible thing about his performance last night was yeah his bomb defusals because we yeah. know how good Matt Burton is at just like using yeah. those giant legs that he has at yeah. sending it higher than the stadium roof and like yeah the fact that you've got 13 huge players running at you and you have to keep looking up at this ball otherwise you're going to drop it and you're most yeah. likely going to get smashed as soon as you catch it it's just incredible like I remember um, from like when I was a very average junior rugby league player, I, I was not like built to be like a winger or a fullback, but I had to play there just because mm. um, I wasn't good enough to play in the position I wanted to. Um, and I just mm. could not catch bombs. Like it is so mm. hard. Like I can catch them like I can catch them like a training or whatever, but in a game yeah. when you've got those players running at you, you like mm -hmm. it's so difficult to not just instinctively look ahead. And the yeah, way he does totally. that, like, there, was, there was a moment um, where Ado Carr was rushing through and he caught the yep. bomb and he just stepped Ado Carr and left him for dead. Yep. And, like, that was not, something that... Not easy. Yeah, and it was something where you compare it to the way that, like, poor Matt Dufty was playing, the yep. difference in you can see how easy it is for it to go wrong and we've seen that with yep. him before. And it just didn't God, he happen. had a bad game. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen from like one individual. That was something else. Um, yeah. And it, it also, I think, made me appreciate Dylan even more if that's physically possible. Um, because, yeah, it was just like, how are you, you know, um, you, you see what you can have and then you see what you do have. So. Yeah. And like, you know, Dylan Edwards had to be incredible to keep the. Yeah try scoring king mitch kenny out of our three two ones this week <laughs> i know <laughs> how amazing is three. that pardon oh that was your three dylan as well yeah yeah it was yeah, <laughs> yeah beautiful. 
Um, I was going to say, like, I'm, it was tempting to put Mitch there for the lols, but I also don't yeah. want to, like, contaminate the integrity of the awards. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, that was such a good fit. It was so cool. And especially at Bankwest, uh, sorry, Combank, where he debuted. Like, it was, it was, you know, it was poetic. I think we were talking about it as a joke at the beginning of the, um, uh, at the beginning of the day. Um, but, yeah, how good. I know. I was, like, the, the look I gave Victoria when he scored, like she yeah. even tweeted about it that like that was like the happiest she's ever seen me or something like that or like she wishes that like I'd look at her the way I looked at when Mitch scored <laughs> that try because it was yeah. so amazing and like I said to her after the game I was like am I weird for the fact that I'm almost happier about Mitch Kenny scoring that try than I am about us winning like <laughs> <laughs> I get it I fully get it he definitely deserved that and yeah, uh, if he if he nails down a starting role, who knows? He might make the points one week, but it's just hard for exactly it's hard at the moment. He, he's, yeah, yeah it's hard for them long. to make it, it when yeah, when like our starters are doing so well and they all play like really big minutes too. Yeah, like we didn't even mention Spencer Lenu, and he was great. Oh, I love that. I love him. I'm like yeah. every time he comes on, he just kills it. And he still gets like 10 minutes a game. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm so glad Ivan seems to trust him a little more now. A little more. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. But we'll see what happens when Leota comes back, I guess. Hey, but like that's another one where you go, like, God, like Leota is straight back into the team. But he's another one where you go, like, you don't really miss him that much. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. 100%. Yeah. And that's like insane to talk about. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty good, aren't we? Campus, campus, campus. Okay, so we thought we'd bring back the top five this week. Um, this week, uh, Nat came up with the idea that we're going to go with our top five Penrith Panthers moments. Yes. Um, so, again, I'll preface it with what I did with the players in yeah. that um, most of mine, are, actually all of them are very recent. Um, because it's just like in your memory. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the moments yeah. you feel like you've, you've, so I don't really have any from like 03 or anything like that. Um, yeah, no, but, mine aren't from like, I don't have. Yeah, mine are all recent. Final, but, yeah, because yeah, I just don't feel like I was a part of that. Um, yeah. So mine are all kind of like, yeah, around that. But um, I'll kick us off. Okay. So one's a bit of an obscure one and it was in 2013. Um, yep. And it was when we beat the storm <laughs> in 2013. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a hoodoo, wasn't <laughs> it? Was 20 to, yeah, it was 20 to 8. I think we won 20 to 18. Um, and it was my first year of cheerleading. And I just remember that night, think, like it felt like a grand final. It felt like, how did this happen? We, in 2013, we'd come off the back of, I don't think we'd made finals since 2010. Um, it had been a bit of a, a, a break. Um, and it just, we weren't living our best lives as a club for some time then. And I feel like 2013 was this building year for us um, that we kind of were, I think we came ninth or 10th. So it wasn't anything to write home about, but like we had a few wins in that season that were really memorable. And it kind of thought, hang on, we've got something that we might be building here. It was when Matt Moylan debuted and a few of those other players around him. And it was an exciting time for a Panthers fan. Um, but to still go into that game and we were like, we were not favourites. I think it was like $8 or something like that to win. Um, and to beat a team that we hadn't beaten, I can't remember what it was at the time, but it had been so long since we'd beat, beaten Melbourne. And this was Melbourne in their prime too. Like Melbourne were like unbeatable. 
um, to do that was just, it was crazy. It was so fun and exciting. And it just felt like the, like a festival atmosphere. It just felt like we've done it. We've done something good. And then the week later, we actually beat the Warriors by 60. So yeah, that right. kind of two week period was this real, like, oh my God, are we turning it around? Is this a successful club? Like, for me as well like it's definitely a personal thing but when I started cheerleading at Penrith we weren't good we weren't I wasn't looking to cheerlead for the best team in the competition I wasn't thinking finals was going to be on the agenda and then it kind of was this I just wanted to do it because I loved the club and I didn't care if we got the wooden spoon for every year that I, I did it I just wanted to be a part of it so it was this kind of click in my head like hang on am I going to see a bit of success here and then in the next five years we ended up making finals three three out of the five of them so it was I loved that that game um and I won't forget it even though it's a little bit probably irrelevant in terms of our history as a club um it was just a personal favorite of mine um what's your number five uh my number five is our 2016 elimination final win against the Bulldogs oh yeah yeah that was such an amazing game it's actually Funny Josh Mansour was, was great. That's probably why you love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, Mansour was insane. I, I yeah. am confident that that is the greatest yeah. winger performance of all time in that game from Josh yeah. Mansour. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you can keep your semi-radrajos against South Sydney or your one or anything that, like, Eric Growth or anyone ever did back in the day. Josh Mansour mm. that day was incredible. Mm. Like, he, he did was. a wraparound with Matt Moylan. He is not known for yeah, his awesome. ball-playing abilities. Like that was yeah, insane. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and like we were under the pump in that game because this was like the Bulldogs with James Graham and Greg Eastwood and Frank Pritchard and all mm-hmm. that, where they were a big team. And mm-hmm. Penrith had quite a young team at the time where we had like Peter Wallace was at hooker. But other than that, it was probably like Josh Mansell was like the senior player really in the team. Yeah. And yeah. you had Matt Moylan was your captain who Matt Moylan's not a captain. Um, you had mm-hmm. Nathan Cleary and Bryce Cartwright as the halves. You know, one was in their first year, the other was in their second year. Oh, my year God. Isn't a five Bryce, 5'8". Five, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I know. That's when we thought there was going to be something good from him. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, like, we were under the pump early. I remember we were down, um, like, 6'4 at halftime. And yeah. the way that, like, the senior players, like, yeah, Wallace and Mansour and Peachy stood up and really like just absolutely blew them off the park. And it seemed mm-hmm. to give confidence to some of the other younger players like Wanga Blake and Dalma Tennis Lesniak. And mm-hmm. I remember like, I think we said last year when we were doing the show that sometimes um, finishing in like the five, six, seven or eight positions is a bit more fun during the final series because like you just yeah, there enjoying it. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. And like, so like, you don't really think you're going to win the comp, but if you get a resounding yeah. win in that first week, you start to believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, from that moment, I was like, oh, it's such a shame that we're versing Canberra next week because we're the best two teams in the comp, blah, blah, blah. And then um, yeah. neither of us made the grand final, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that was probably the, like, that would have been at the time, the second like most fun game ever had like experience live yeah and that was such because I remember before the game like the Bulldogs were out in the media saying that like they they are aiming to sell more tickets to the game even though it was a Penrith home game and they wanted to put up the Bulldogs banners outside the stadium and everything and they were talking a lot and 
like we embarrassed them and they haven't played a single finals game since we killed them yeah yeah we broke we crushed the their wolves. souls yeah we did we broke them <laughs> Um, always good yeah what is your number four um my number four is Bathurst um so the two tries in 90 seconds yeah um after me this was a hard list to make there were so many yeah yeah um so yeah Bathurst was my four um purely for the cinematic effect of being down and you know um going two tries in 90 seconds is we haven't seen it since it's crazy um being there was amazing it being in Bathurst was amazing it was that smaller kind of area so it just kind of felt like the whole stadium was exploding um and yeah it was it was brilliant I think we discussed it not too long ago on the podcast as well um when we were talking about the Bathurst games in general so for me it was an easy one I remember yeah again I cheated that game and it was um in my last year and I remember at the time being like, that was my favorite game I've ever cheered, including finals, including all of that, because it was just, I can't explain the feeling um, of, of being there when that happened. Um, it was insane. So that's my four. Um, what came in at number four for you? Well, yeah, like that, that Bathurst game is the closest one to making my list, like that didn't. That didn't. So I completely yeah, understand totally. that, Pete. Yeah. My number four yeah. is our 2014 qualifying final win against the Sydney Roosters. That's the one where yeah. Jamie Soward kicked the field oh, goal with five so seconds good. left. Yes. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, yeah that was so, amazing. So that was like, yeah. um, I just realised the 5-4-3 are all games that I was at. Um, and so, yeah, at the time, yeah. this was definitely like the best game I'd ever been to. Like yeah. just a bit of context going into this game. We finished fourth that season. So mm-hmm. we versed the Roosters who finished first. and. Yep. We were so written off by everyone. We, I remember there were at one point with the, the betting markets, we were the longest odds there had ever been for a fourth place team in a finals match. Yep. Like they just, we had just gotten good. That was like our, yeah, that was like our first was year 20, since. Exactly. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and that was our first year since 2004. So it was like two yeah. finals appearances in 10 years. Like it's almost Tigers level. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. We were, yeah, I remember um, reading articles like throughout the week about like why your team can't win the comp out of the top eight teams. <laughs> I remember and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this person was like breaking down like all these legitimate reasons why every team, like certain weaknesses in a team and that. And I remember with the yeah. Panthers, they just said, I just don't believe in them. And that yeah. pissed me off so much. I was yeah. like, like, mate, like just give us the credit of like actually looking into the team and coming up with a valid reason instead of going, I just don't believe in them. And like the fact that it was against the roosters too, just made it so much nicer because I I was behind the goal. Yeah, exactly. I was behind the goal where Mitch Pierce scored with a few minutes left to seemingly put it beyond doubt. And I was so upset. I remember, I remember being at like that whole day, my, I caught the like fan bus in, with my dad, my uncle, my cousin, and like my dad's mate. And I remember my dad's mate like saying to me before the game, he goes, Oh, I just hope they keep it respectable. Like don't lose by 30 or whatever. And yeah. I was, like, I was thinking the same thing. About? I was like, I, yeah. I was so confident we were going to win that game. Like it, yeah. it's the Panther arrogance again. And yeah. then we did, and it just felt like such redemption. And 
I remember I was so happy for Fade that he got two tries in the game, plus Mansour scored. And, like, you can never forget that flick back in from uh, Wateni Zalesniak. Mm-hmm. And Soward's, like, clutch goal kicking and then that field goal. It just felt so nice. And also the fact that the reason that we had the ball in good position for Soward to kick that field goal was because Michael Jennings knocked it on. Yep. And it just felt poetic that it was a former Panther knocking it on to oh, give us the ball. It always does. Yeah. yeah, it always does. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, oh, I still like Michael Jennings, but I'm so glad it was him that did it. Oh, me too. It just makes yeah. it sweet up. You're like, haha, you shouldn't have left. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. you thought you were leaving to go to this fancy club and you shouldn't have left. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, I know you, still want a but yeah, I know you won the comp the year before, <laughs> yeah. but haha. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> we ignore that. Yeah. But again, that's what makes it so special. I think when you come up against the premier, like the reigning premiers, it's like even beating them whenever, beating them during the year, beating them in finals time, it's just the best feeling. You like, it's just, it's such a good feeling, like a David versus Goliath kind of feeling, even if you came fourth. Um, and especially considering they won the grand final in 2013, came back, backed it up for the minor premiership. Um, so yeah, it all comes down to it. It all um, adds to it. Yeah, like with all due respect to like a team like the Warriors, there's a difference between yeah. beating them in week one in 2018 oh, absolutely. and beating the Roosters yeah. in week one in 2014. It's a very like, different, it hits very differently. Yeah, like, like <laughs> we were talking about a Bryce Cartwright, Nathan Cleary halves partnership. We had Will Smith at 5-8 yeah. in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, who, was, God. who was playing <laughs> like his 10th yeah. ever game. Yeah. Because oh, that was um <laughs> what we had, Soward, Elijah Taylor and Bryce Cartwright all out for the season. So we were pretty yeah. busted ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was like, that was one of those games where in the first Ivan Cleary reign where you go like, oh, something could actually happen here. Yeah. I mean, it shows how good a coach he was too because he kind of took us from, like he's done it twice now where he's brought us to a finals team. Yeah. Um, so he's an excellent coach. Yeah. And I think your f- like fifth choice option is like, that was like the first step where you realised that. Yeah, like, it is. And he did it. He was good. doing it. I mean, I don't want to bring this up to trigger anybody that may not be a Panthers fan, but even when he was at the Tigers, they were starting to do things like that too. Yeah. Winning games they weren't meant to kind of, it was, he's he's an excellent underrated coach in my yeah. view. They would have but played that might be another now, story, another if he was probably. still there. Yeah, they, do, they totally would have. Yeah, yeah, but we won't keep talking about that. We don't no, mind no. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so who was your number three? Um, my number three is the Edwards and Yeo try in the 2020 prelim. Nice. Um, so Edwards scored the try, but Yeo made the break. And it's actually funny because it reminded me, the one that Edwards scored um, on Sunday reminded me of that. Um, yeah. So I think at the time we were down by two, maybe, I think. Um, and it was, I think we had 15 minutes to go for the game or something like that. And it was just like that game was so close. And I think prelim finals to me are almost more exciting than grand finals um, because after such a long time of not having made the grand final, to make that grand final and get that grand final week and that excitement is the best feeling in the world because you always just get so much FOMO on grand final week, especially when you come close, like in 2014 when we got to the prelim and lost and you just... It's like it's so close and so far. So when you actually win that prelim, it's the best feeling in the world. Um, so that was kind of like the, oh, my God, we might have done it. Like it's close enough to the end that we can probably hold it and protect this lead until the end. Um, 
And then obviously it led to it. We won the game. We won the game. And that was the definitive moment from it. And it was so emotional, so amazing. The try itself was just so indicative of the team that we become, which was just hardworking. Someone like Isaiah Year, Year making this break and then Edwards in support, who's always in support to end up scoring the try. Um, and it was just, it was so, so such a nice feeling being there. Yeah, well, that's also my number three. Actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Like we probably that got whole, the same two and one as well. <laughs> I've got a feeling we do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that game was so much fun. Like it was so nerve-wracking. Um, I remember like I we are now experts on preliminary finals and grand finals, given we support the most successful club in the history of rugby league. Uh, yeah, as Victoria rolls her eyes at me. Um, <laughs> and I agree 100% that prelims, like before the game, are way more fun than grand finals oh, because they're just, yeah. you're just a wreck before a grand final. Where with a prelim, you're excited. And like, yeah. I remember, like, I didn't know how to like feel leading into that game. I remember I was there with um, my mates, and mm. one of my mates had like a, um, he had a knee injury. And he mm-hmm. like he wasn't meant to be like walking around or anything, but he still came to the game, mm-hmm. and he kept like he couldn't handle the pressure, and he kept getting up and trying to leave. And we're like, no, sit down. He's like, I can't take this. I can't take this. Like this is like an hour and a half before the game, mm-hmm. and it was such a weird feeling that day. But then yeah, I couldn't the eat. I couldn't breathe. Yeah, it was yeah. so bad. <laughs> it was um, it was such a seesawing affair as well that game and. Yeah, that Yo and Edwards moment was crucial. And that's like the main thing that I remember out of that game is mm-hmm. like that and um the Adam Reynolds 40-20 that got taken back because he was over the line, um, Mr. Anti-Clutch. Um, yeah. And yeah, like it was such an amazing moment and it was so well-deserved for those two players to it was. have that moment because they're like the epitome of the hard work in the team. Yeah. And... It was such a smart play from um, Isaiah Yo to just make that break through the middle because I think he spotted Mark Nichols out of position and he just pounced and he was fast enough to get through. And, like, of course yeah. it was Dylan Edwards in support. Yeah. And I've heard boy, Dylan boy. Edwards, I've heard Dylan talk about that try. And so, you know, like, he's, like I can remember off by heart his celebration. Like, he stands up and just faces backwards, like, towards yeah, the players yeah, and he's, too. like, screaming. Just, like, chest out. Yeah. 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 And I've heard him talk about how, like, he's a bit embarrassed about how much he over-celebrated that try. And it's, like, that is oh, such a... You're Dylan a pamper. Don't worry about it, Dylan. <laughs> it wasn't an over-celebration at all. It was quite mild. Like, yeah, no, not at all. It was so tame. Yeah, it was, like, it's, like, the mm-hmm. epitome of him that, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, it that, really is. That game was perfect for that reason. And it is, like, yeah, by far the most fun I've ever had at a game. Yeah. And, yeah. I, but yeah. Um, I seem to remember, like, you put up, like, a selfie after the game and, like, you had been crying out of, like, happiness. Oh, yeah, I was. It was yeah, it was a video. Yeah, and then, oh, I'll never forget. <laughs> so that was a year that the Roosters fans wanted to despise me because I put up that tweet about them needing more juniors. Um, (laughs) anyway I remember all of them were like screenshotting that photo of me crying and I'm like I was crying for happy reasons you idiots (laughs) 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 it was so weird anyway um side note but um yeah it was just I was there with my yeah with my now fiance um and 
he was he never really experienced um a game like that either and he was just like oh my god there was grown men crying around him he's like what is this sport i'm like this is what it is you like your family you finally got there everyone was just singing go the mighty pandas the top of their lungs and it was just the most emotional thing ever that we finally did it and then we got crushed a week later <laughs> yeah so, that's, that's um yeah good that's times. the that's thing why that's so special it was that last moment of happiness <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i take out of that mm. season like i still watch sometimes in my like photos on my phone the like video i took of like my mates and i singing go the mighty panthers at full time yeah because i'm like like up until we had last year that was like that was it for me yeah yeah and yeah, that was such a special moment. It was amazing. Yeah. So what is your number two? Um, my number two is it's another preliminary final. It's last year's preliminary final win. Yeah. Um, against Melbourne. Um, is that your two as well? It is, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, we love preliminaries in this house. Um, they are the best. Um, and for me, this one was just like, oh, I thought we had not um I had a sneaky tiny feeling deep down that we might win but I didn't want to tell anybody um but logically if you look at it on paper it was like you're not going to win this game Melbourne have had the best season of all time they won their 19 games in a row or whatever it was um they had comprehensively beaten Manly um in the semi-finals to get to to kind of skip that week um meanwhile we lost to South which was disappointing and then we had that really tough, tough game against Parramatta, which was going to make it really hard. We were really gassed the next week. Um, and I remember like that whole time when we lost against South in that first round of week of finals, I was like, we stuffed it for ourselves because we put ourselves on the wrong side of the draw. Um, we're going to have to play Melbourne. That's it. So then I guess playing Parramatta and that game gave us a lot of confidence because it was so difficult um that would that will forever like that could be one of our moments on this list as well that Parramatta Panthers game it was one of the best games I've ever seen the intensity was insane like you could barely breathe the entire game and then to back it up up again the next week against such a difficult team it's like that might be a, a, a tough ask but I think the way we started that game I think in the first 10 minutes we had that little trick play off the scrum that Crichton scored from the cleary kick I was like hang on we're on here um Melbourne were extremely off but you know, you force them to be off. It's it's a lot to do with how you play as well. Um, and again, a real closey. Um, when Paps scored, I think it was Paps in that second half, you're like, bloody hell, they're back in it, you know. Um, but we held on and then we made our second straight grand final. So really special. Yeah, that was, that game was one where I, I was just such a like wreck during it. Like I, I um, I was talking about this yesterday with one of the people I was at the footy with um, about we don't mind like when players like try things and take risks and it doesn't work out and you're like ah oh, that's all right like you know like sometimes like when like Maloney used to have a few of those in his game where he'd kick on like the third or whatever for someone and it would bounce out and you go ah oh, he tried something you know it's all right yeah but that game yeah. is the epitome for me of like. Every time a mistake happened, I was like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like there was no room for error in that game because like each team was like so close to scoring every set. And oh, ironically, enough. both teams just made a lot of errors <laughs> and yeah. end up scoring yeah. the tries. Um, 
but yeah, that was such an amazing game with um, the way that we played like um, Scott Sorensen and James Fisher-Harris chasing down Jerome Hughes at mm-hmm. one point. That was so incredible. And I loved, um, I remember the club put out like a hype video after that game where they showed mm. Fittler chasing down Meninga in the 91 grand final, then Sattler chasing yeah. down Todd Byrne in 2003, and then Sorensen and Fisher-Harris chasing down Jerome Hughes. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, it's so perfect. It's written in the stars. Poetic, and, yeah. Yeah, and that game, like, I would, I remember Victoria filmed me, like, secretly for, like, the past, like, 10 seconds of the game, like, the last 10 seconds, mm. and... I was so like nervous and that final play where I was like, Oh my God, just hold them out. Just please hold them out. And we did. Yeah. And that was the most relieving I'd ever felt. I and know. Besides the like, week before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, like, even listening to our recording after the game, we were so happy and um, yeah, so we didn't special. really want to say it, but I think we both thought like, Oh yeah, like we're, we should win the grand final. We're going to win this grand final. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of thought we said before the game that whoever was to win that would win the grand final. And there's nothing against South at all, but it just seemed like Penrith and Melbourne were um, a cut above the rest that year. So it would make sense in that that way. Um, But, you know, um, yeah, it's still, um, it was just something else. It was, it was crazy. And then I think we we did kind of get a bit of a surprise against, like the South game admittedly was closer than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, but you did have that confidence, I think, that we carried through that grand final. Um, we, we had that confidence given the games we had had, the two games before that, including the Melbourne game. So it was really special. Yeah, no, it was such a special game. And like I can look back on it now with fonder memories than I did the Souths game because we went on to win it. Yeah. And I yeah, remember yeah. Yeah. Um, getting a message off someone when we beat Parramatta going, oh, how do you feel about Melbourne? And I said, I was like, look, you got to beat Melbourne to win a grand final. You and do. I'd rather yeah. we, I'd rather we verse them before the grand final than meet them in it. Yeah. So yeah, like, I agree. I think it actually worked out all right for us. The way that like losing round one actually helped, even though I thought the world I think was we ending. Didn't coast. Yeah. I feel like we coasted the year before. Um, and I feel like it forced us not to coast. And I think that that final series in the lead up was what we needed to win that grand final. And without it, it might not have been the same story. If we had won week one, it might not have been the same story. So forever grateful for that entire series um, and obviously the way it ended. Yeah, well, realistically, with that South Sydney preliminary final, aside from yeah. that Isaiah Yo and Dylan Edwards play, we kind of sucked in that game. We were terrible. And we were just, <laughs> we were just a little bit better than South Sydney were. Yeah, and yeah. It was kind of like leading up to like, hang on a second, something's not right here, and it all culminated to the grand final. Yeah. And at least with this prelim, we didn't have to deal with anything like Brent Naden being dropped an hour before the game or anything like that. Yeah, so. and I think that's what was disturbing about that year before. It's like everything was working so well for us that year, and then Ivan decided in the, grand, in the final series to drop Brent and put in Tyron May, and everyone was like, what is happening? And it wasn't working. Um, but anyway, we won't rant about that today. <laughs> no, no, we, I, I've already accidentally accused him of committing a crime he didn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can blame for one. <laughs> yeah, thank you for jumping in and correcting that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> uh, so, what is your number one? I'm, I'm, I have no idea what this could possibly be. 
<laughs> so instead of the whole game, I'm putting it down to a moment and the moment is the intercept. Nice. Um, so the intercept is my favorite ever Panthers moment. Um, yeah. What is there to say about it besides that we haven't already? It, it was the moment that South were looking like they're going to score and win because it was getting to that point where it's like, you've got to start scoring because the other team aren't going to have enough time to respond. Um, and they were looking excellent. I was freaking out. I think the set beforehand was when Matt Burton did this, um, managed to do an excellent catch of a really tricky bomb. Um, and then Tyron Mate decided to drop the ball. So I was just like, <laughs> bloody hell, like it's happening again, 2020 PTSD. Um, and then, yeah, they're coming down the field looking excellent. And then the intercept. <laughs> and like everyone loves the intercept. They're always fun and exciting and they always make you feel very exciting. They don't usually come from the, that part of the field, I feel. Like usually it's at the very, like on the other team's goal line when they're kind of yoloing it. But it doesn't too often happen in the middle like it did there. Um, and he was just off and no one could catch him. And it was, it was crazy. Like it was short-lived, the excitement, because they scored shortly after. But that very moment was like, it felt like we'd won the grand final in that moment. Um, and in the end, we had won the grand final in that moment. Yeah, I I had the entire game written down, but I agree with specifically that moment. Like, I can't look at that moment without, like, just, like, bursting into, like, this biggest smile. Like, I'm doing it yeah. right now, just listening to you talk about it and then me talking about yeah. it. Like, it was so incredible. And, like, we, you and I are, among the guilty party of people who make jokes about Cody Walker throwing the intercept and yeah, like it was funny. a bit of a weird play <laughs> but yeah it was still such a great read by Stephen Crichton because he's going backwards up until the point that the ball is thrown and then he just yeah. leaps forward like that like it wasn't an easy intercept to take like he wasn't jumping yeah. into the, like it wasn't a pass going to the player next to him and he jumped in that hole it was a cutout and yeah it was such a hard read to make because if he missed that and it went to either Gagai or Alex Johnston, that is most likely a try to South Sydney because there is a break yeah. made and people backing up. Like it's not even like yeah. the Cam Murray situation where it was Murray isolated against Edwards and he made that tackle. It was like, yeah. it would have been a try and they would have won the grand final. And mm -hmm. I love looking at every single angle of that intercept. Like you see like, Crichton's smile as he's running away. You can oh, see the fans so, like, leaping up. Yeah, yeah. he knows. You, you yeah. can see Momorowski screaming in the background in happiness. Yeah. That shot and of Leota on the sideline. Side yeah, yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's the coach's box of Ivan just being really calm like he is. And yeah. Like, it looks like yeah. it looks Happy like he's made of stone the way he like, yeah. like he kind of moves during it because he knows how big it is, but that's yeah. just not really him. And yeah. there's this great shot of, you know how he kicks the ball into the stand? after he scores there's a great yeah. shot of him like row one or two right in front of him there's this south fan giving him the finger <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, so I'm classic. Almost, yeah i'm almost just yeah. as happy that that south fan was angry <laughs> yeah i know i know i i get that 100 percent. and it's like he's he cemented himself as someone who will never be forgotten because of that moment yeah. just there and it's actually quite Special that it's him because he had the best final series. Yeah. Um. So I was really happy it was him that had that moment because he really did deserve it. Yeah. Like if there was if the 
if the Dalliams were held after the season finished, I mean, firstly, you wouldn't get any players rocking up to it because they'd all be um, out partying. Um, but yeah, they would probably have like a, a like um, player of the final series award. And Stephen yeah. Crichton had one hundred percent get that. Oh, he he was just clutch, so clutch, yeah. so chill, um, really mature for like in his game. Um, yeah, he absolutely would have gotten it. Yeah, he deserved it. And what a guy. Penrith hero forever. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> well, um, that, was, um, that was interesting how our five and four were actually quite different. But then, yeah, the three, two, one, it was pretty, it was pretty standard. Like I built my, like I, I set out my one, two, three, and I was like, all right, now yeah. what? Yeah, I mean, you can't go past it. We've been very, very lucky to have the past two years that we have. Um, I know. So I think it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, and it's like I'm not going to stop being happy about it because these things come to an end at some point. And yeah. so I'm just going to enjoy it while it's here. No, I completely understand. I agree with you. So speaking of teams that have had their good moments but they're now gone, the Penrith Panthers are versing the Brisbane Broncos this Friday. Hmm. What are you? What are you looking forward so I, to in that match? I mean, I'm wary of Brisbane, and yeah. I think even I think they're much improved this year, probably more than it would seem with their ladder position. I think they've had some really good games. Um, they were unlucky to lose to the Roosters on the weekend. Um, I also think that even when we've been fantastic in the past two years, we've always had a bit of a stumbling block with Brisbane. Um, I recall last year there was all that. Oh my god, they should call the game off. They're going to get killed. Blah blah blah. And it was a really difficult game and it was a horrible game from us. So, um, yeah, I'm quite wary of the game, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about their backs because I think our backs have been what has been really lifting us this, and we've dominated every team we've played. Our backs have dominated theirs. But their backs are in really good form at the moment too. Like I like Cobo and I like the Tony Staggs. Um, so we've got to be careful um, around that because they're dangerous on those edges. Um, and I'm a little bit nervous about our defence on the edges as well. So um, I'm hoping that's something that we're looking at this week because we're going to have to step it up if we are going to stop those tries. Um, so I'm nervous. How do you feel about the game? Yeah, I'm I'm nervous as well. Like, I'm still confident we'll win, but I think this is probably the most likely game of the season for us to lose, I believe, yeah. because we we don't really ever blow Brisbane out of the water. And mm. the way that Stags played the other night, mm. like, and we were mentioning the sometimes you see defensive deficiencies in Tago's game, I mm. think that is a good opportunity for him to exploit. And at the very least, there's going to be an excellent matchup between those two. Oh, totally, yeah. And I'm like, I'm confident that we'll win just because like, we're a better team and yeah. even if it is close, you know, they have Adam Reynolds in their team, so they won't get it done. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> the anti-clutch, the anti-Iceman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unless, they, unless they give it to Kurt Capewell again. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be nice seeing Kurt Capewell back. But, yeah, I... It is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not as anywhere near as confident as I was about the game against the Bulldogs or even the South Sydney game or the Manly game. Like, I I think we'll see a 
Penrith win by like, I'm not even confident on whether it's going to be one to 12 or only just 13 plus. Like mm. I can see us winning by 14 maybe, but that's probably the most. Yeah. And I think this will be a real test for our players because you, like you're right. The Broncos have been pretty decent this year. Like mm-hmm. they've lost three in a row, but the, the Warriors game like was a bit, yeah, you know, they were pretty bad in that. But the Cowboys yeah. game was just a bit of a weird game where yeah. they probably deserved to lose, but they weren't that much worse than the Cowboys. And then right. the Roosters game, that's like, that's probably the highest quality game we've had this year, really. Yeah. And that was such yeah. a fun game to watch. I actually, um, mm. I was out at the time that the game was on so I was sort of keeping track of it but didn't really watch it but then on yeah. um, Saturday morning I watched it through like the whole 80 minutes and yeah, yeah. that's a great game and mm. I think we'll be in with another similar contest like I think we're better equipped to beat them than the Roosters are yeah but I agree I do think that yeah Brisbane's strengths are probably in the same areas where our weaknesses are yeah. And so I'm just hoping that that's the um, problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just hoping that Payne Haas is out. Is, is he going to be? I well, I'm not, I don't know. That's the thing. That's so annoying, the lack of transparency about what's going on here. Mm. Because like I know people want to know for super coach and stuff like that, but now I just want to know mm-hmm. for Panthers and for like, also, totally. Yeah, and I feel like a more professional organization like such as the nrl should be really on top of that Mm. and i think i guess you know we're recording on monday night so we don't actually know the team list but it'll be interesting to see whether he's named or not and yeah even yeah whether he even stays in the team because if they don't have Payne haas that's when i see us definitely winning like 13 plus but i think he's the key for them because him versus Fish, like, that is such a massive matchup. Oh, it's huge. And, like, the fact that, like, we've been saying that we don't really miss Leota that much at the moment, but we could really yeah. use him against this. Oh, my God. Back. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, so it's probably the one that's got, like, the most alarm bells going off in my head um, at the moment to date um, this year. So just, yeah, as you said, they're, our weaknesses are their strengths, and that's, a recipe for disaster um but but yeah um you know what fingers crossed <laughs> fingers yeah, crossed I, we managed to yeah i kind of want to see scott Sorensen play more minutes this week yeah on the left edge because i think defensively yeah. he'd do a better job against stags than kick out would yeah oh definitely um, yeah <laughs> definitely but, yeah. <laughs> the game a little bit better yeah but, um obviously kick out is the nailed on starter so um, hopefully, yeah. yeah, they just rotate that a bit more because like yeah. there are, there's points in this game for us, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think that particular edge leaves points for the Broncos. And yeah. if Staggs is anywhere near the level that he was last week, I see him getting at least one try. And yeah. then on the other edge, they had bloody Corey Oates just scoring tries out of nothing. So that edge has to stay like alert as well. Yeah. They can't relax at any point. Yeah. Like they yeah. should be okay, but you just can't give an inch. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident that we'll go, yeah, six from six, but. I think uh, it'd be a bit of a, a hard earned one this time. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I, like, I know I said last week, I'm not going to put any money on it and I'm definitely not this week. Uh, yeah. I actually ended up putting a bet on last week, but it didn't, uh, for, yeah, it didn't get up. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've yeah. stopped myself from betting because I just, yeah. it's, it's crazy. I said, yeah, I, right, I, <laughs> I, I had 12 it's cents so left in my sports bet account and I went, ah, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's your way with the premiership. Okay, well, thank you everyone for joining us again. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on any of our socials, our Instagram is at Big Cat Chat and our Twitter is at Big Cat Chat Pod. Uh, yeah, feel free to jump in our mentions or whatever, just have a little chat with us. Um, that's what we're all about. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.